soy Héctor Tres. Héctor Dos. Héctor Uno. Soy Héctor Tres. Héctor Dos. Héctor Uno. Soy Héctor Tres. Héctor Dos. Héctor Uno. Soy Héctor Tres. Hello, Hello, buenos dias, and welcome to another episode of It's Time to Rewind, the podcast trapped in its own time loop right along with the movies we discuss. This season, we're discussing trying time, time, time crimes. I'm your host, Bubba Wheat, and in this episode, we are discussing the third and final loop in time crimes that starts at 70 minutes and 19 seconds, with Hector emerging from the uh, time machine tank and ends at the end of the movie. And uh, today, my guest is Nick Job from Infoblast. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. That's good to hear. So before we get started talking about this loop, I did want to ask you how you discovered this movie and and what's your history with this movie? Because I believe that um, I talked to Jason earlier and he said that you were the one that introduced him to this movie. Yeah, honestly, I I don't remember how I came across this movie. Um, I probably was into a bunch of time travel or time loop style movies uh, at the time. And uh, I don't know if I, if I rented it or if I just, I, I honestly don't remember. I have no recollection of how I first came across it. I do know. Yeah. I introduced Jason to it. Um, and it became like one of his favorite movies and um, you know he had some words with uh, on social media with the director and, and all sorts but um, yeah so I uh, it's kind of a boring answer but I don't remember uh, but I've known I've known this movie for a very long time um, probably since right around when it first came out but yeah, I do recommend uh, people check this out if they haven't seen it. It's definitely worth your time if you're like a time loop fan. Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed it. Watching it for this show was the first time that I watched it, and mm-hmm. uh, I've I've really enjoyed it. I I'm not sure if this one is my favorite because I really love Triangle, but you know, Triangle, Triangle and Time Crimes are you know very neck and neck with with my favorite for this uh, this season which you know the, it's only three yeah. movies so it's not exactly a, a high bar but i i have really loved both of those movies and you know time loop was okay it's it's not an awful movie but it, it was definitely not nearly as good as uh, triangle or time crimes yeah triangle and time crimes definitely are both uh kind of gold standards of the genre they're they're very 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 similar um the the plots are pretty or at least the the concepts of the plots are pretty similar and then they just do them in entirely unique ways Mm -hmm. all right well i think we can go ahead and uh, get right down to this loop so you know one thing that i i noticed that i like about this loop versus the the start of the previous one is the the way that it's cut and it almost looks like the machine shut and then just immediately reopened afterwards. Like it, there's almost a moment where you think that the machine didn't actually work mm-hmm. until you realize that uh, the tech 
uh, he has this confused look on his face. And then you realize that this is the fresh, this is him freshly meeting any of the Hectors. Like this is really kind of the start, like the chronological start of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and this is, it's what, Hector 3 at this point? Mm, yes. And, and so Hector 3 is technically the first Hector that he meets. Uh, so it's almost going like in reverse chronological for him. Mm. And, you know, almost immediately Hector just slaps him. Yeah. And that, that's that's really just thinking about the difference between Hector 3 versus Hector 1. Like mm. Hector one would never act this way. He, he was, and and this is only like the, the course of maybe three or four hours that that all this yeah. is going on. And you know, you can see that Hector is is very physically changed. You, you know, he's mm. been in two car accidents and he's been stabbed in the arm, but he's also changed very much mentally as well like he's a very different character hector three is a very different character than hector one. Oh yeah yeah he's uh it's for sure like his just he's been through so much chaos and it's it, like it had to change him so quickly mm -hmm. and i also think that this is an interesting reversal because the first time that we were introduced to the technician, the technician was the one that more or less knew what was going on and Hector had no idea about anything. And then in this situation, the roles are reversed. Now it's Hector that is experienced and he knows exactly what's going on throughout this whole system. And the tech is the one that's that has no idea of what's going on with all these events happening around him with these these two identical men coming out of this time machine like he knows that it's that it's a time machine and that's is this is what it's supposed to do but just the fact that it actually has been used today with an actual person yeah and it it's almost you know where like memento where you have one going forward and one kind of going backwards <laughs> And th this is like the meeting point in the middle where uh, Hector is now moving, like he's kind of at the end of his journey, whereas the tech's at the beginning of his. And so they are going on reverse paths throughout the movie. Right. And, and you can see that this is the start of, like Hector 3 is like the puppet master in a way, because yeah. he's the one that's controlling all of the events that we've seen throughout the movie like starting with the uh, in a way like not specifically the naked woman but everything to do with the the technician mm -hmm. he's the one that's basically orchestrated all of this right and uh you know we see him get into the golf cart and he drives past and it's it's fun because we get to see this this scene right here uh, from a different angle because we saw this this scene with um hector two and the technician just sitting on the grass right after he saw himself they were whenever right after he saw hector one at home mm -hmm. and the first time around we see this scene the two of them and it's like a close-up of their faces 
and he's like um you know Hector 2 talks about seeing Hector 1 and then um like he's talking about the time machine and you see the tech look back behind him both ways and you think oh he's looking back at the time machine and now we're seeing it from this wider angle and you realize no he's not looking at the time machine he's looking at Hector 3 driving past him in a golf cart (laughs) yeah yeah how it just expands on everything that we've gotten before Mm -hmm. and we kind of see how a lot of these pieces fit together it's it's like we're seeing that scene in a slightly different view because we know more of what's going on it's in a previous interview i i saw that uh nacho described this film like that the concept of the film is like it's a murder mystery or like a crime mystery where the person investigating the crime and the person pulling the strings and the person committing the crime are all the same person yeah but at different points in time yeah for sure and uh, again a little little memento there (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah no it's it's a really fascinating take on this kind of story where it's just because of how the time travel works in this movie uh you have all parts of the puzzle and it's all the same part of the puzzle um but you don't know that until the end like it's just all the same person and then we get uh, i like to think of this as like another slight reminder of the schlubby hector like you know even though he is kind of the puppet master at this point and he knows everything that's going on he still makes some mistakes like we we see him pull up to the the locked gate and realize oh i he doesn't have the key to open the gate and he's in a golf cart which is not exactly powerful enough to bust through it plus the fact that you know that the gate has to work for the other hectors so even if he wasn't something powerful enough to bust through it i don't think that he would have at this point right because we've already seen that he's that this hector starting with hector too he's someone that he does not want to change the timeline that's already happened so he's not willing to to make changes to events that he's already seen and experienced yeah so now he's just on a mission to kind of fulfill the timeline Mm -hmm. and so he gets this uh you know this van this red van from the the tech and we get this you know a very extremely minor action movie moment and I, i think in this whole scene in general has the most like near misses and almost interactions between multiple hectares mm-hmm. because we do have the both of the hectares kind of interacting with each other well interacting near each other at several different points and then he has this almost an action scene where he has to hurry and get through the gates that hector two opened before they close yeah and i like you know he's just like oh and don't uh no not the white car not the white i can't anything but the white car and then he's like oh i have this truck uh so he just kind of go on from there but how he already knows he what he can and can't do and 
you know, we we get a, a new shot of the the woman on the bicycle, and uh, this is right before Hector three drives the van into Hector two's white car, the one that he just stole from the the lab, and and now both of them are basically in this involved in the same accidents in different parts of the road, and we also. Yeah we get to see the knocking over of the dumpster which is where his uh you know his trash trench coat came from and so now we are about to see a hector who has survived two car accidents and a stab wound and he's looking pretty rough about this this point yeah he's got a lot of bruising his his face is really banged up and and i think they did a a really good job of the makeup like he he looks extremely beaten up and and swollen and bloody but not like he looks like he could still be standing yeah uh he gets a new walkie-talkie uh that spilled out of the back of the van and he's having this conversation with the tech and and I like this conversation because it's at first it appears like he's having this heart to heart you know he apologizes for the trouble that's likely to come down on the tech asks him why he turned it on in the first why he turned on the time machine in the first place and then Hector vaguely threatens to keep Hector threatens the tech to keep Hector two out of the tank and then we get the punchline that he only says this because he knows that Hector Two is going to hit him. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. You know, he's still trying. You know, in that essence, you have kind of Hector Three is kind of at this crossroads here because he's going through with the timeline. Like he's like, all right, we got to do this. And uh, we got to kind of make sure everything kind of goes as it has been. But then at this moment, you know, he's like, do not let Hector two in. So he's still trying. There's like, it's like one last ditch effort uh, to kind of try to stop things from happening. I don't Um, think it's, it's him trying to stop things because he says at the end of that conversation, it's like, um, but Basically, you know, that'll show the deck. Like he's basically saying, I just told him that so that Hector two will hit him. And I, oh, I think yeah. that really kind of gets kind of clues into what his mental state is because Hector That's two true. hits the tech out of frustration. Mm-hmm. But this feels like it's it's more like vindictiveness. You know, he's That's doing true. this to like not not necessarily out of anger, but he's doing it almost to get joy out of the the text pain like I, I wouldn't go so far as to say evil but it, it is it's a bit more like prurient um attitude towards it yeah well that's true because you know he does ask him like you were saying he goes you know why'd you even turn it on why'd you turn it on mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> he is like frustrated with him and he's like mad because none of this uh, or all of this could have been avoided if he would, if that tech wouldn't have just turned it on to begin with. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, he's like asking about that. And now he's just, it's kind of his comeuppance or, you know, the punishment for, from Hector to the tech um, in a roundabout kind of way. 
Yeah, and and it's weird because the, this is like we're seeing the what caused him getting hit, but we basically have already seen his punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it just adds a new layer behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know we we get to see the the woman um, running away after she uh, came to. Uh, after she regained consciousness and she sees Hector three and you know she at this point she doesn't realize that, that they're the same person because uh, she never sees him with it, the bandages fully off yeah and he was also wearing a different overshirt as well even though he's wearing the same pants but you know they're just generic khakis so it's I don't think it would be weird for her to to think of two two men with roughly the same build wearing the same right. khaki pants. So I don't think that she makes the connection that they're the same person. Right. And if she's, you know, freaked out with what just happened and kind of confused, it makes sense that, you know, she's not putting two and two together. Yeah. And, and then we also get this brief jump to seeing... Hector two with the bandages and and the scream is also this audio clue that helps connect the the timeline of the the two different arcs um, the the second and third loop because you definitely hear the scream in the second and the third loop I don't remember I don't think you hear it in the first loop yeah I I don't remember and. The, the one thing that I do think is weird is we get this fade to black as Hector three passes out and then wakes up. And it's, it's this slight time jump because whenever he passes out, it's, it was dark or it was light. And now that he wakes up, it's dark. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that feels like there shouldn't be that much of a time jump because in the previous loop, whenever Hector 2 hears the scream, I feel like he immediately goes to the house. And all of these events that we're about to see from Hector 3's perspective all happen. And yet we're seeing it here where he passes out for some unknown amount of time, probably at least like 15 minutes, uh, enough for the sun enough to go from sunset to after dusk yeah and yet he and and this woman get to the get back to his house before hector too i mean maybe it was yeah i don't know it could could be a plot hole could be yeah. uh <laughs> i feel like that that is like what... unless he just got lost in the woods heading back <laughs> to his house yeah it, it could be that like there, there could have been a time jump in the second loop as well, and I, th- I think it's weird too that you know he and the the woman go back to his house, and Hector three doesn't reveal that this is his house. Uh, the woman just thinks that it's some random house, and she leaves him to sit down, while she goes to find goes off to find the phone, and then somehow she doesn't cross paths with with Clara who just you know a minute later she comes back from the exact same direction and she sees 
Hector and she immediately recognizes him but clearly is surprised because he is much in way worse shape than he was when she last saw him right she's just like what happened (laughs) yeah exactly and he Hector downplays his injuries so that he can focus on what needs to be done and Clara, Clara mentions that she had already called the police on Hector too. Yeah, of course, she didn't didn't know that it was Hector too, but um, on this mask, on this bandaged man, which is why, whenever Hector too finds the the phone cradle, the charging cradle, that it was empty, and so now we get hector three which at this point i believe that hector three still believes that the dead body that he saw was clara's body so he's like leading her into this like storage room out like just outside and uh, i believe he's doing this because he he's trying to keep her safe Mm -hmm. um which i don't know do you think that that hector three has the, the full plan mapped out in his head yet or do you think that he kind of comes up with it in the moment. I think he kind of comes up with it in the moment up until the bit with the jacket. Like I, I think up like he's kind of realizing it as he's going at this point, but I think here in just, just a little bit that it's, it's all going to kind of click and you'll, you'll see it on his face um when he kind of realizes what has to be done yeah but yeah right now i don't think he he's fully clicked yet but he's getting there yeah because i i think he also you know he pulls the the ladder out of this room i think possibly a little bit to make some extra room for clara to get in there because it's Mm -hmm. we don't really see a good look inside the room but it's probably cluttered in there and uh i think it's also a bit of him making things happen the way that he remembered them because he he remembers seeing the ladder on the uh, laying on the house this way yeah and especially i think this especially is true because like after he comes in the the window shuts itself and then he takes a moment to reopen the window because he remembers that the window was open whenever he as Hector too came in this room. So he knows that that will buy him a little extra time as Hector too goes out and uh, he comes back in and then we see the table, which is the same table that Clara said would not fit in the bedroom. And, and I love just this no look toss. Yeah. Just really showing that he knows exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. At, at this point in time, Hector Three is fully in charge of this timeline, and he's like, "I remember." He remembers exactly what time it was when he got hit by the table, and so he's just no look toss. Yeah, either that, or I think it's also he kind of puts his blind faith in into fate, and he yeah. realized that. It, all this is happening through some some sort of fate that's controlling this timeline. And so he's like, well, I'm just going to throw the table because 
he knows that it works because it already worked. Uh, has this this moment with this this woman, and I, I still, you know, I've done four episodes, and it's still tough for me to to refer to her as the woman because she is never named. Yeah, and um, you know, Clara's coat just or Clara's jacket just happens to be right there in the room, mm-hmm. and. I don't think we get a, a good look, but I think it's interesting that I, I feel like the jacket matches her pants because she she is wearing like these mm-hmm. bright red pants and she's and Claire's jacket is a bright red jacket. And actor three comes up with this story that he wants he needs to cut her hair in order to uh, I guess disguise her from the the bandaged man is his explanation to her. But I do think that this this moment where the two of them are in this room is, like you said, where this plan fully clicks into place. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think when he sees her across the, the hallway, right before he tosses the table, that's when it starts kind of clicking into place. And even, you know, that blind toss, too, could have been him going like, well, hell, like now we have to do this. And he tosses the table, walks across, sees the jacket, and then it all kind of clicks into place. And he knows exactly what he what has to be done, and he is not thrilled about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he, he does have of, this moment, like yeah. this, this brief quiet moment where he just looks at her and the, the two of them are looking at each other and then he tells her that she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's your take on, like, why do you think that he takes the time to tell this woman that she's beautiful? Their relationship basically starts off with him uh, viewing her naked, like, through with his binoculars. Mm-hmm. And so it starts off basically with just this notion of looking at her beauty like just a visual attraction and so to end their relationship with him kind of bringing that full circle and just vocalizing that you know he was peeping on her earlier but now he's just kind of made it more emotional to where like he knows he's sending her to her death and so it's kind of his last time to say one something nice to her but also bring that whole story uh looped back around so to speak um so i think that's that's pretty much what how i interpret that yeah i i I think that's that's a good way to look at it so then then hector he goes back downstairs to clara and uh, takes her out into the yard which I, I believe that he does this um, in large part to give himself an alibi. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hear the woman scream and Clara starts to get up, but Hector stops her. And then we hear the thunder, which the, the thunder is like one of the few audio markers that connects all three loops. Cause it, it is, this this um, audio event that happens across all three loops. Mm-hmm. I think it has a, a like a, a multiple purpose. Like one is to 
help you understand what the timeline is, like where they are in time. Mm -hmm. And it's also used as this like foreboding and it's, right. it's kind of used in, in a different way each time to a certain extent. Because I, I think the first time it's this like general foreshadowing foreboding mm -hmm. that's about all the events that are going to happen. And then in the second one, it's kind of the, the foreshadowing of the rain that's about to happen. And then, and also, you know, the events of the third loop. And yeah. then this one, I feel like it's almost, you know, it's, it's a foreboding of the future of Hector's life after this. Yeah. And I, I didn't notice this before, but... You know, the, we get this close-up of Hector and um, Clara uh, sitting on these lawn chairs by, side by side. And Clara is in the foreground. And you can see her just, like, quivering with fear. Mm -hmm. And then Hector just reaches over and snatches her arm mm -hmm. to keep her there. And then she's not really calmed down by this, you know. She still has, yeah. she still has this very fearful breathing. Like what is happening? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I didn't really give it too much thought, but I don't think that the that the fear is entirely just for the bandaged person. I I think that there's also some amount of fear about the Hector that's beside her. Yeah. Or just the unknown, too. Like, you know, they don't... She doesn't know what's happening. And he's being kind of weird. So, mm. and, you know, he's all beat up. And she hears noises. And so, yeah, I'd be freaked out, too. Yeah, the Hector at the beginning, he was like... He drove down to Ikea to get some supplies. And just going shopping wore him out enough that he needed to take a nap. Mm. And this is a Hector that is, you know, his face is all bloody and he's got open wounds and he's acting like nothing's happened. Yeah. So it, it really, like, especially from Clara's point of view, it's like he really feels like a different person to her. And then, you know, we, we see Hector pull the, the hair cutting scissors out of his pocket and then just throw them behind himself. Mm -hmm. like what do you what's your take on why he does that well i guess I, are those the same scissors that he gets stabbed with yes yeah so it could just be kind of an ending of that journey as well yeah just like literally putting that behind him yeah like liter. yeah just very kind of literal in that sense you know like it's done like we this journey is over the the violence is is over after this i'm completely done with this crazy loop thing that's happening right now at first i almost thought that you know that's that's not necessarily the smartest thing to do mm -hmm. uh, because it, it is like this weapon that has blood on it then i remembered that you know if they if in the police investigation that happens after this film, if they did test the blood, the only blood on it would be his own blood. Right. And his own fingerprints and they're his. So, like mm -hmm. you know, there's no, 
there, there's nothing, even if they found it, nothing they, they could use it for. Yeah. Although it's, um, I mean, the, there is the possibility that the woman's fingerprints might still be on there, but I, I think yeah. that's doubtful just because that with as much as he's handled it and right. with the smaller surface area, I don't think that even if her, even if any of her fingerprints were still on the scissors, I don't think there would be enough of it to get a clear print. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And then uh, the film ends with this panning shot and it goes over the roof and we see the broken bits of tile where the, the woman fell and we see her body on the ground in Clara's coat and the matching red pants. And do you think that in a way that's almost part of fate, just the fact that her pants matched her jacket? You know, I never thought about that. Um, quite possibly, you know, that we don't know if the the wife had pants, right? like that were the same so it's just coincidence that she had a matching outfit yeah because like especially in this shot i mean i know the quality is not great but yeah. they look like exactly the same color right and you know it could symbolize because it's like basically orange or red so it just symbolizes blood and the danger violence. yeah and then the the last thing that we see is that you know, Hector's um, black SUV driving off up to the silo that's with Hector 2 in it. And uh, Hector 2 goes up to, um, you know, the, the technician to go back in time. Mm-hmm. So with the SUV sitting at the silo, and the only person up there at the silo is the tech. Do you think that when the police do come, that the technician would be the prime suspect? Um, that's actually a good question. Probably uh, because you know the the Hector and Clara have an alibi, mm-hmm. um, unless they're you know co suspects. Yeah, I was about to say they, yeah. you know, they are a married couple. So, and they, there aren't any other witnesses to their whereabouts. So, but they, he has, you know, his blood was on the scissors. He's completely beaten up. Uh, she's not frightened by him to a point where, like, you know, she would accuse him of something. Um, well, I, I did actually have this theory that's, you know, it's not so much presented within the the context of the film and and how they interact with each other but um because there is like a very specific quote that she says that uh that stood out to me um whenever she says uh i'd rather lose the bet than have you against me and I know that in general, their interactions, you know, her body language and the way that they communicate with each other, it doesn't seem like there's any 
signs of abuse or anything. Like they, they right. feel like they have a very complacent relationship. Like uh, yeah. Uh, I think boring is, is probably the the best way for me to describe it. Uh, a couple that's probably been married for over ten years, right? Um, and it, it kind of shows why he was peeping with the binoculars earlier too. I do think that 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 line kind of stood out to me, and and it's it's also possibly just a problem with the translation that maybe that there's um, a, a a subtlety in in the original spanish that's not necessarily coming through with the the text subtitles but it it did make me think that there was the possibility of some strife in their relationship and and i think that comes through more here at the end because she is not necessarily scared of him but she's definitely scared with him next to her and she's not she's not comforted by his presence well and let me put this question past you uh and correct me if i'm wrong if this is this could be something stated earlier in the film maybe by the tech but did hector three have to do any of it did he have to complete the loop or did he just think he had to complete the loop well there is the reason that he came back was because he thought clara died and so he's coming back because he thinks that he can change things and save her and then it's not and by the time he gets to the woman and the whole coat scene and all of that he knows at that point that it's not his wife did he have to go through with it or could he have just not done anything and saved both lives? I think at that point, it's, um, you know, he, they, they never drew a diagram with a third Hector. They, they always just assumed that there was two of them whenever they had the discussion. But I, I think that he's still going on with the fact that he knows that Hector too also needs to go back into the time machine so that there's only one Hector. And I think his, from his point of view, the only way that Hector two will go back into the time machine is if Hector two thinks that Clara died. He's just cleaning up the timeline. Yeah. And again, he's just doing things, um, you know, he's doing things because they happened and so it's it's almost like i've explained it before and this this whole season is it's almost like he has a lack of free will because he's going through with events that have already happened and so he has no choice in the actions that he takes because these events have already happened and so they have to happen this exact same way and he's just following along on these guided rails so then it brings me the question what would happen if he didn't like say he didn't complete that loop and he didn't send hector two back to the time machine and then clara and the woman live what ultimately i guess within the the world this movie presents what would have happened i wonder um would there have just been two hectors in the world i mean he knew at this point that he was facing himself so it's not like the knowledge of his other existence is 
you know, mind melting or they're not going to explode if they know they both exist mm -hmm. because he's getting to a point, Hector two is getting to a point where he's also learning this information. So theoretically he could just confront his past self and just coexist. Yeah, I, I think that that would be a possibility in a, but it would have to completely change the concept of the time travel as presented. Because I, I feel like yeah. the way that the time travel is presented, that that is an impossibility. Yeah. Because there is, like in this theory of time travel, there is only one timeline. It's, it, this doesn't account for the possibility of branching timelines. And so, so the TVA is stepping in and forcing <laughs> him to behave this way. Yeah, basically. If he did change course, then that entire existence would get erased because the this is the, um, I forget the terminology, the, the golden timeline. Right. So, yeah. So then what you're saying is true then. Like he has no free will and the existence of this time travel is basically forcing his hand. Mm -hmm. So is he then still like ultimately is he still guilty or is it like is it his fault or is it not his fault you know even though it's just kind of an accident ultimately it's an accident um does that is he still yeah it's it's an interesting thing to think about because in because from Hector 2's point of view it was just an accident but from Hector 3's point of view like he it's knows that the accident is, yeah. is going to happen. And even though he didn't physically cause it, he did basically. He set it up. Yeah. He, he set the events up. It's, it's almost yeah, like. So that is, that is interesting. Cause then, so Hector two, it's a, it's an accident from Hector two's perspective, but Hector three, even though they're the exact same person, it is basically murder because he mm -hmm. is sending her to die, even though accidentally by his own self, knowing that she was going to die the direction he was sending her. It's almost like he, in a way you could think of it as Hector three is like jigsaw and this, yeah. this complicated time travel death trap exists. And then he's sending the woman into this time travel created death trap right and so yeah in, in that way you know hector three is a murderer and, and because he's the one that causes the death of the, the woman yeah that's interesting yeah it's definitely uh you know you can try to pick it apart but it's it's pretty tight mm -hmm. yeah the, i you know through the whole thing i only found like a couple minor um like potential plot holes, like like the one that I brought up in this one. Right. And then at, at one point, I believe Hector two drop, like throws the walkie talkie in the woods. But then later on, um, Hector three has it, or mm -hmm. I think Hector two has the walkie talkie again, even though he never picked it up again. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I think that's, that pretty much wraps it up. I, that's, this uh, has been really interesting following Hector through this this character journey and in, into mm -hmm. 
it's it's funny because it's like it's it's him making himself into a murderer yeah without realizing it and and almost without any free will because because hector one you can also look at it as hector one is kind of being controlled by the events of things that are happening around him yeah that are being caused by hector two and hector three and ultimately i guess if you are to place blame it is the tech's fault for starting the machine so ending you know making him the lead suspect is really correct because you don't have like you know it's not really hector's fault if the tech turned this on and then hector is stuck in a loop of like obligation and lack of free will and now he's he has to keep performing the same things that are happening um even though like he he's not in control but the tech set it in motion mm-hmm. yeah and uh, and so yeah like i like i said that that wraps up time crimes is there anything else that that you want to mention about this movie or about the uh, any of the earlier loop uh no i think uh we we had a pretty good brain melt thought there near the end. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else. It's a just you know, it's a really good time loop movie. I I strongly recommend it if you like it, uh, like this kind of genre. Um, it's a great that triangle is another one like you mentioned too. Uh, are both fantastic examples of this type of story. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for talking with me about this film. I I know, um, you know, whenever I brought it up, you were one of the the relatively smaller handful of people that that had seen this film and and wanted to come on and talk about it. So I, I'm glad that we were able to to make the time to to talk about a portion of this film. And uh, uh, for anybody else that's uh, uh, that's listening why don't you go ahead and take a moment to let them know where they can find you and your work online uh you can find infoblast uh on pretty much anything you listen to spotify google Podcasts, apple uh, podcast um and uh everything else at rabbit hole podcast at rabbitholepodcast.com um and yeah that's that's about the the bulk of it and as always, I am Bubba Wheat, and you can find me at flightsdietsandmovienights.com. You can find this show, It's Time to Rewind, on anchor.fm, as well as anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. And we also have a Facebook group, It's Time to Rewind, a time loop group. You can join that and discuss episodes as they come out. You can also discuss time loops in general. And even though we did finish up time crimes, Tune in next week, and I have one final special episode about time crimes. I was able to interview the writer, director, and the technician himself, Nacho Vigalondo. Uh, So tune in next week um, to listen to that interview and uh, wrap up this film and this season. So until next time. Y todos. Héctor 1. Soy Héctor 3. Héctor 1. Soy Héctor 3.